following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. There's an old man on a sleigh who's like me, 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 me just for one day. Bestrides the world like a huge colostomy. He gets no presents, he gets no fun, and he's forgotten when he's done. So here's a little gift, a song to him from me. Merry, 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 merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, you're a lovely guy. So let us recall what started it all on that Bethlehem night so long ago. When people gaze from afar upon a giant star, which reminds me of someone you all know. <laughs> Jesus in that manger lay while the sheep and donkeys swayed and the wise men and shepherds bowed their heads. Jesus heard the lullaby. So he opened up his eyes, then looked up at his mummy and said, Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, you're a lovely guy. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, you're a lovely guy. Dear Santa, you know, words don't come easy to me, but I just want to say I love you. From the top of your Christmas stocking to the bottom of your Christmas bottom. I have a dream today, my friends, that before this Christmas ends, a big Santa's sack of love I'll bring Then we'll unite the whole world through Yes, even thousands too And we'll all stand together and sing Merry Christmas, Santa Claus Merry Christmas, Santa Claus Merry Christmas, you're a lovely guy Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, you're a Tired of being thankful for scraps. Still, they want us to love them anyway. One day, somebody's gonna have to make a stand. One day, 
somebody's gonna have to say enough. You get your ass to work and save my country from these cock-sucking Republicans. This horse through town to send those warning shots and bells that uh, we were going to be secure and we were going to be free. Too little, too late, too obvious. Madam, you are a clear and present danger to the safety and security of this nation. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Reveal to us God's will that we may blindly obey. Free us from thought and responsibility. We shall read things off you. Then do them. Your words guide us. We're dumb. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Try and work together. You serious? I just, I just told you that a moment ago. All right, here we are, everybody. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, and Hanukkah. And, and Killer Kwanzaa and Happy Killer Hanukkah. Kwanzaa, that's a new Batman villain. I know, huh? <laughs> oh, shit, here comes Killer, Killer Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. <laughs> uh, oh, racism. Oh, what, does he come from the swamps of Harlem? I don't know. I, I can't hear you through the headphones. You can't? No, can you hear me? How's that? Even better. Oh, there's there's the sultry voice. Oh yeah. Oh man. Anyway, so um, uh, what do you, what do you want to talk about? Hey, um, anybody out there? And I think it was James and I went back and forth a little bit about um, Breaking Bad. Okay. Holy shit! <laughs> I just why I watched the fourth season, like the last you know about yeah. a week or so, hmm. and um. Holy shit. Yeah? Just, that show is so fucking good. All right. That so, show is so good. I got to tell you, some of the best, some of the best stuff I've ever seen in a very long time. Episode 10, season four, blew me away. Huh. And then the last three minutes of the finale was just like, holy shit. Wow. You, I can't believe Walter did this. Like, was Walter uh, Cranston? Walter is Brian Cranston. Yeah, okay. so so good. It's such a fantastic show. Whenever you think that they're going to go in a direction, it's just like, oh my god, no that's way. good. Such a good show. I I cannot recommend it enough to the point where I'm just like, oh, I need a series to watch. But now I'm going to I'm going to go <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to finish Battlestar Galactica. Finally. Oh wow. Excuse me. Finally, because I'm tired of waiting for my wife to join in. Okay. All right. So. uh so I'll be able to weigh in on that in a week or so. so. <laughs> Yo, two years later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> two years and one failed series so, later. And Olivia has asked me if she can start watching Lost. Oh. I said, all right, Olivia, you, you, you can, but you really need to pay attention to it. You really need yeah. to watch it and pay attention because it'll be fun for me to rewatch it because, you know, I'll be able to sort of right. look and see, like look for clues and stuff like right that. right so and then to see how she reacts to it too. yeah exactly and to see if she caught stuff all right you want to get down to business Let's get down to business all we right. got an article there we got title suggestion for reverend scott's segment why don't oh, we start yes, the show with this instead stuff. of burying it at the end exactly um so he, sometimes you don't want to bury it in the end no, <laughs> just, just the tip but sex <laughs> so we have a couple suggestions i'll go through here we have reverend scott's bull pit reverend scott's Spew pew. I think uh, Zeke suggested that because it's incredibly difficult to say. 
Um, let me skip down. Um, we have Rev Your Engines. Uh-huh. The Reverend Scott Comedy Variety Hour. <laughs> Here's one for you. Revy Libtard. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you'd like that. Revy Libtard. Uh, <laughs> Scott Mata. Yeah, I got to tell you, though. Who, I came like up, that. who came up with, with Revy Libtard? That was Tom. Nice. That's yeah. that's like, that's going way back. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a listener. <laughs> nice job there, Tom. I like this one. Reverend Scott with Reverend Scott. <laughs> it's good. Atheism and other made up words with Reverend Scott. Oh, that yeah. Scott actually suggested that one. Uh, Revere the Reverend. Okay. Um, Arg with Reverend Scott. Uh, what's hot with Reverend Scott? Here's one I'm partial to. Out of context with Reverend Scott. Are you Reverend Scott? Scott, fuck all to do with you. <laughs> I like that. That was James. Um, sensible thoughts with Reverend Scott. Deep thoughts with Jacket. No. um let's see angelica says angie says uh since we already have a holy shit on outside the cinema uh the only sensible progression in my mind would be what the fuck next we have the good news babble with reverend scott or mad as hell with reverend scott jesus h christ with reverend scott (laughs) uh what would reverend scott do in a situation like this I suggested fuck. And then um, just cut it there. Mine, I've got, um, uh, I was going to say words from the Rev. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a good one coming up, though. Okay. Um, let's see. Zeke suggested cock talk with Reverend Scott. Oh. And I said I that like cock talk. we could probably rhyme those two words. Yeah. Um, then we talk about Boston accents for a little bit. Here's one of my favorite ones. Are you delirious? <laughs> I like that. Uh, yes, I am serious with Reverend Scott. And then uh, Shane tells him he can't vote. Um, let's see. And that's it for there. Let me go over Cock to... talk. I like that. That's funny. Um, oh, James just reposted. But we have uh, Great Scott, Scott's Free, Scott's Guard. It's <laughs> clever. I like that. Gotcha with Reverend Scott. Like uh, Parks and Recreation? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, let's see. In Reverend Scott's Cock and Balls show. <laughs> I'm partial to... Uh, that sounds like a headline. It does. <laughs> it's from someone who's in the room with him while he was wearing shorts. <laughs> Reverend Scott's Cock and Balls show. <laughs> uh, uh, dirty. Uh, wow, yeah. What is this one? Let's start with this one. Who suggested this? This is Shane. Oh wait, so let's. Where are we on the title here? Oh no, that's just where we are right oh, okay. now. That's we haven't. Where we, we haven't. Are. Okay. We haven't set up a cutoff time. Okay, for, so for we should. Yet. We should like take. Um, I think two more weeks. We'll couple, talk it up couple for two more weeks, weeks, and then we'll do like a poll. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a poll. So uh, Shane posted doing a poll with Reverend Scott. Oh man! Um, holy shit! This is awesome. Um, so Shane posted this from uh, the. BBC News Nottingham. Nottingham superhero fans may have the longest UK names. Two Nottingham superhero enthusiasts have changed their names to what are thought to be the longest in the UK. Uh-oh. Daniel Knox Hewson, 23, is now Emperor Thrash, while 
Kelvin Borbage, 22, has become Baron Grind. What the hell is going on in the, the, like, these are Nottingham? The sh- these are the short versions. Oh my God. The new names cons- consist of 15 superhero names each. Mr. Thrash and Mr. Grind. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, say that they changed their birth name at the legal deed poll service for 10 pounds each. The best friends were among more than 100,000 people in Britain to change their names this year. All right. Mr. Knox Hewson renamed himself Emperor Spider-Man Gandalf Wolverine Skywalker Optimus Prime Goku Sonic Xavier Ryu Cloud Superman Herman Batman Thrash. You can call me Jerry. Mr. Thrash said, We decided to change our names because we were bored of our day-to-day lives and wanted to do something that reflected our true personalities. Dude, grow a fucking mustache or something. We couldn't couldn't believe how easy it was to do. We just had to fill in a few forms, and we were granted superhero status. (laughs) Mr. Borbidge now goes by the name of Baron Venom Balrog Sabretooth Vader Megatron Vegeta Robotnik Magneto Bison Sephiroth Lex Luthor Skeletor Joker Grind. Get it? One of them's the superheroes and one's the villains, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Grind said he was looking forward to seeing his new name on his bank card. I wonder how they'll fit it all on there. that's fucking hilarious. (laughs) That's funny. That's actually pretty Because that's hilarious because you could do that, change yeah. your name to this weird batshit stuff. <laughs> yeah. And and get your license done, get your credit <laughs> cards done. You know what I mean? Get like your yep. electric bill. Oh, yeah. And then a year later or so, just change it back. Yep. But then you've got that license and a passport and the, all this the, other shit. The with, license the, the, yeah, the license that says um, Darth Optimus Prime. Yeah. Oh, come on. That's funny. <laughs> wow. What an absolute couple of people who have too much time on their hands that's funny oh let's see here's something disgusting newt gingrich close looks like him doesn't it yeah governor rick schneider signs domestic partner benefits ban into law why are you people wasting so much time i don't understand oh i got a big time waster but remind me because okay I don't understand why we take take time out of the day and and the political system to take the rights away from people. I know. So this douchebag, Michigan go Oh, it's fucking Michigan. What the hell people? Everybody that listens in Michigan, can you vote for smarter people, please? Yeah, seriously. I know you're not making cars much anymore, but Jesus That doesn't mean Christ, Bachman you have to and be everybody. A right, Bachman's from Michigan? Oh, the fuck. Um, fucker's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Rick Snyder signed a heavily debated and controversial domestic partner benefit ban into law today. And I honestly believe that was today. Yes, Thursday. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Thursday. That was yesterday. So. Merry Christmas. I hate people. Public employees, including state and local government workers and public school teachers, will no longer be allowed to extend their health care benefits to domestic partners, which is sad because they used to be able to. It is unclear whether the bill applies to state universities, although Snyder asserts that it does not. Well then, why? Then why the fuck are you do? Why either blank do a blanket douchebag or, or don't be nothing. a douchebag at all? Yeah, oh, yeah. You know what? It's this fucking haircut. It is. He's hiding something under totally. that. Totally. Uh, you know what he's see. hiding? Someone else's cock. I guarantee you. <laughs> On his head? Yes. Interesting. So that means his face is a scrotum. Yes, it is. Look at it. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, House Republicans does not apply to university police. The move is a blow to... Oh, really? (laughs) 
Man, people just people either get uh, way too much pleasure out of writing the these was going, I'm going to use the word blow in a gay story. Yeah. <laughs> the move is a blow, blow to gay and lesbian activists throughout the state. We're so very disappointed in the governor, Mary, uh, sorry, Carrie L. Moss, executive director of the American Civil Liberties Union, Michigan chapter, said in an interview, this was the moment for him to show real leadership, to rise above what I believe is petty politics, to tell the rest of the country that Michigan is not living in the dark ages, and to create an open, inclusive Michigan. Meanwhile, the government said, go fuck yourselves. I don't, I don't want to read much. the rest, because this is like... Uh. Oh, actually, there isn't even that much, but look how many what are the comments? comments there are. You want me to stop randomly? Yeah, stop right there. Uh, Rick Snyder's lack of civil courage has brought great shame upon this state. In his signing statement, not one word of consolation to the public employees who be- whose benefits will be cut three days before Christmas. What I have a question. Tool. Would any of you, any of you ad- advocate for a Mormon with multiple spouses to have benefits granted to each spouse if only one was working and earning benefits? Uh, sorry, but polygamy is not legal. Right. And what would that have to do with anything? Oh, it's, it's just somebody, somebody trying to be fucking clever. Hey, did you hear about super dumb bitch um, bitching about the Obama's Christmas card? Yeah, hold on. Let me open my email. <laughs> Gay Community, Gamma Porter, CSI, Fox, and Sarah Palin. Uh, Freak over White House Christmas card. Unfucking real. That's sad that we're on the same wavelength. And you know what? A year and a half ago, you wouldn't talk about Sarah Palin. Oh, I fucking hate that cunt. No Christmas in White House card. Meanwhile, oh, whatever. The 2011 White House Christmas card features a content... A content. I'm sorry, sorry. That picture is really fucking Christmassy. It is. Uh, did you see that somebody showed one of Reagan's ones? Yeah, I know. It was, it was like a wreath in a window in the background. Yeah, and it. the bushes was like the White House in a snowstorm. Yeah, you know, like yeah. fucking fuck. Shut the fuck up. Hold it. This this gets this gets pretty. Oh, good. I know the story. Fucking um, features a content looking first pup bow. Sitting by a roaring fireplace, flanked by Christmas presents and festive Christmassy ribbons and pine wreaths and bulbs. If you listen, you can almost hear sleigh bells. I know. It's a little hyperbolic, but whatever. (laughs) I'm going to be a douche about the description, right? (laughs) It's all pretty non-controversial. Boring, even. Unless you're Fox News, in which case the bookshelf is filled with Lenin's B-sides. The Constitution is burning in the fireplace. Winston Churchill's bust is conspicuously absent. Bo has become dependent on the federal government for handouts. <laughs> and the empty seat is a stirring reminder of President Obama's non-existent leadership. I'm exaggerating, but only slightly. Former Alaska governor Sarah Palin told Fox News and commentary that she found the card to be a bit unusual. It's odd, she said, wondering why the president's Christmas card highlights his dog instead of traditions like family, faith, and freedom. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. Wink. <laughs> Palin said the majority of Americans can appreciate the more traditional American foundational what American foundational values is that a word foundational the Puritans um, banned Christmas for how long <laughs> a long time they until they burned enough witches to bring yeah. it back <laughs> um, American foundational values illustrated and displayed on Christmas cards and on Christmas tree as for the Obama card she replied it's just a different way of th- thinking coming out of the white house um so you want to see the fox news card have you seen this yeah i've seen yeah have Rachel you seen Maddow this one here on yeah i saw that with two foxes roasting a peacock over yeah. a fire in the middle of town square 
So the update on this is, but since Fox News has brought up the subject of Christmas cards, perhaps we should take a look at the official Fox Business Network Christmas card this holiday season. Here's one. Um, that's a pair of foxes roasting the NBC peacock over an, over an open fire, which for you non-Christians out there <laughs> is an often overlooked aspect of the story of the first Christmas. <laughs> and via reader Jason Sparks, take, take a look at the Ronald Reagan one, which we discussed yeah uh they're nearly identical except uh the obama one is uses warmer colors really the other ones um has yeah, more lighter. white and light blues yeah um yeah so what the fuck it's what a an Christmas absolute card. waste of time yes yes absolutely i can't stand her i want to <laughs> punch her in the face <laughs> uh uh, let's what does see. it say? This is from Vishnu, uh, from the Ottawa Citizen. It says, cheer up, Christians. <laughs> so, of course, we're going to read it. Are you, agree- are you an aggrieved Christian? Convinced that you are stigmatized for your faith? Angry at the war on Christmas? This column is for you. You are not the persecuted minority you believe yourself to be. Yes, you suffer occasional slights and insults. Everyone does. What matters is whether there is extensive and compelling evidence that a substantial portion of society thinks less of you because of your faith. And there isn't. There really isn't. Have an eggnog and cheer up. Shut the fuck up. In this increasingly secular society, the people who have a real reason to complain are atheists. Yes, dirty atheists. (laughs) I added the dirty. A 2006 Gallup survey asked Americans to say if they were positive, negative, or neutral about various groups. Jews would be pleased to hear that they were top of the chart, with 58% saying they felt positive about them, 37% neutral, and 4% negative. That, how can you, how can they say, what do you think about Jews? Nothing good. (laughs) Okay, that's a negative. That produces a net positive ranking of 54. Methodists came in next with a rating of 55% positive, 30 neutral, and 5% negative, for a net positive rating of 50. Baptists and Catholics got similar results. When people were asked about fundamentalist Christians, 34% said they had positive feelings, 29 were neutral, and 33% were negative. Net positive rating, plus one. The others were pluses. I didn't think that was important until I got to this next one. Muslims fared worse, not surprisingly, with 26% positive, 41 neutral, and 30 negative. Net positive rating, negative four. And then we come to the dirty, filthy, heathen atheists. I added those other words. Yeah. A measly 15% of respondents said they felt positively about atheists. 40% were neutral. 44% were negative. Net positive rating, negative 29 Scientologists were the only group with a lower reputation <laughs> and only by a hair. So you can either believe in nothing, um, but don't believe in, you know, spaceships. Yeah, no space ghosts. Yeah. Although that cartoon was pretty good. It was. Um, there's heaps more evidence like that. This year, Gallup found that almost all Americans said that if a qualified candidate from the party they supported were running for president, they would vote for that person if they were black, a woman, Catholic, Baptist, Jewish, or Hispanic. Three-quarters said they would vote for a Mormon. Two-thirds said they would vote for a homosexual. Only half said they would vote for an atheist. 
Other surveys have found Americans are far more likely to disapprove of their child marrying an atheist than a member of any other group and are far more likely to say atheists, quote, do not share their vision of society than they are to say the same of anyone else. It's possible that things are much better in Canada, but unfortunately we don't know because there isn't a similar trove of data. Even more unfortunately, there's reason to think that if there were a such if there were such a trove, sorry, it might well reveal that things actually aren't so much better here. Yeah, here, but you know here what? being Canada. It's Canada. <laughs> what does that mean? It's just it's just um you know, it's Canada. I always thought of Canada as like a parallel dimension where if that was the United States, it would have been founded by Mr. Rogers because everybody's so nice. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's Canada. <laughs> All right, let me move on before it's you like say saying, something. What do you mean? I don't know. I, I, I envision this going poorly. <laughs> just the way I keep saying. Yes, you're just being too nice. <laughs> and then you're going to come in with the dick jokes. Uh Canadian <laughs> Um, Let's see. Uh, it's possible. That, okay, I read that. Oh, psychologist of the University of British Columbia, Will Gervais. Wait, didn't we talk about Will Gervais before? No, that was Ricky. No, no. Because we were joking about that they weren't related, but it's funny that he's talking about atheists. Ara Noren Zion and Azim Sharif. Sharif don't like it. <laughs> Anybody? Uh, recently conducted two experiments involving UBC undergrads. The choice of test subjects is significant. British Columbia is among the least religious regions in North America. Well, I know where I'm going on vacation. Vancouver, among the least religious cities, and university-educated young people tend to be the least religious demographic. If ever there was a friendly audience for atheists, this would be it. The psychologist had the students, 105 in all, Read a brief description of an appalling man named Richard. When Richard backs his car into a van, he notices there are pedestrians watching, so he pretends to write down his insurance information, leave the blank paper on the van, and drives away. Later, Richard finds a wallet on the sidewalk, takes the money, and tosses the wallet in the garbage. The researchers then ask the students a question. Is it more likely that Richard is a teacher or that Richard is a teacher and a Christian? The experiment... Conditions were varied, of course. Sometimes instead of a teacher and a Christian, students were asked if it was more likely that Richard is a teacher and a Muslim or a teacher and a rapist <laughs> or a teacher and an atheist or a hmm. teacher and the rapist, which would be a therapist. Therapist. If or this... <laughs> if he's on Arrested Development, it's an, an alrapist. I just watched that one today. <laughs> yeah. Written down, it doesn't look good. <laughs> If the students responded logically, these variations wouldn't make any difference. They would always say that Richard is a teacher is more likely than Richard is a teacher and X. Why? Because it's possible for the first statement to be true without the second statement being true. But anytime the second statement is true, the first must be true as well. So it is. Richard's an asshole for doing that with a van. Yeah, he's kind of a douche. So Richard is a teacher has to be more likely in all cases. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But thanks to what is known as the conjunction fallacy. The conjunction junction? No. What's the function of this fallacy? Uh, <laughs> a discovery of the renowned psychologist Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky, T-V-E-R-S-K-Y, Tversky, we'll say. Sure. 
People routinely get this sort of question wrong because they don't think about it logically. Instead, they automatically and unconsciously see if the information in the story squares with their existing perceptions. If it does, the fact drives the judgment. That fact drives the judgment. For example, Kahneman and Versky asked people how likely it was that the next year in North America there would be a flood that killed at least a 1,000 people. And they asked people how likely it was there would be an earthquake in California that triggered a flood that killed at least a 1,000 people. People thought the latter was more likely. <laughs> then they were asked to write the names of a 1,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> There's a box all over send, again, right? Send these people to this spot. <laughs> We're going to cause an earthquake. So they ask why, and it's because in their minds, California and earthquake fit together, and that drove the judgment. If you yeah, if you think about it logically, both things are equally yeah. likely to happen. Christians will be pleased by at least one result of the UBC experiment. When students were asked whether it was more likely that Richard was a teacher or a teacher and a Christian, very few made the mistake of saying teacher and a Christian. In their minds, Christian and dishonest did not fit together. They don't listen to this show. <laughs> so they didn't fall for the conjunction fallacy. Muslims didn't fare quite so well, but their results weren't much different. Rapists got far worse results. <laughs> they usually do. Much like the rapists. It depends how driven they are. <laughs> Rapist and dishonest fit together in the minds of the test subjects, understandably enough. But what and if they always admit that they're raping people? I mean, what if you come across an honest rapist? Well, an honest rapist wouldn't do it. Not necessarily. An honest rapist would buy her dinner first, and then that's a date. I just think an honest rapist would walk up to her in the middle. It's just like, look, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to rape you. I'm hey, going to hey, beat you. Hey, 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 lady. I got to fuck something. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Hi, I'm going to ask you to help me put this sofa in my van, but I'm really going to kidnap you and rape you. <coughs> now, folks, disclaimer from the lawyers, we're not making fun of rape. We're making fun of the idea of, a, of an honest rapist. There's a difference. Yeah. If I were going to make fun of rape. It would sound different. It would sound different. Okay. I'm not about to make fun of rape. It's not how I roll. Well, we'll see what the next story is. And atheists, back to the article, they did slightly worse than rapists. To be a serious Christian in modern Western culture is to be the favored easy target of every progressive thinker and every half-witted comedian. Rex Murphy recently, Rex Murphy, really, he's a cowboy, <laughs> recently complained in the National Post. At a time when all progressives preach full volume for inclusivity and sensitivity, for the utmost care and speech, when speaking of others with differing views or hues, Christians as Christians are under a constant hail of abuse and disregard. Well, that's because your book says to be bigoted assholes. Uh -huh. It must be terribly depressing to be a Christian who believes that. So this is my Christmas present to you. It's not true. Cheer up. Make merry. And spare a thought for the suffering of your atheist brethren. That was, that was interesting. Yeah. I do have to find a song that I have to play. Um, this is going to take a second because my new wall here is difficult to... Was that dude dressed up as Bane? 
No, he, that's um, one of the guys from uh, the New Knights of the Old Republic. They did some kind of flash mob in Times Square that actually kind of looked pretty neat. All right, let me unmute this. This was from, um, it says, this song was meant to air on the Jonathan Ross show tomorrow night, which would be tonight, but at the last minute, ITV cut it. So this is uh, Tim Minchin, who's um, a comedian dude. So let's see how loud this is. Okay. I promise you some great music tonight. We've got some coming up right now. It's a musical performance from a man who's here to give us an alternative view of Christmas. His own view. It is the fantastic Mr. Tim Minchin, ladies and gentlemen. I think I've heard this guy. This song's pretty good. Jesus was a Jewish philosopher. Had a lot of nice ideas about our existential fears. Much admired by his peers. Short and Jewish and quite political. I like the song, it's catchy. Often hesitant and very analytical. Praise be to Jesus. Praise be to Woody Allen Jesus. Woody Allen Jesus. Jesus was a great entertainer Doing cool tricks all of the time Turning water into wine Making stormy weather fine Even now his stunts confound us Kinda did what Darren Brown does Praise be to Jesus Praise be to Magic Woody Allen Jesus Magic Woody Allen Jesus Jesus died but then came back to life So the Holy Bible said Kind of like in Dawn of the Dead Like a film by Simon Pegg Try that these days, you'd be in trouble Geeks would try to smack you with a shovel Praise be to Jesus Praise be to Magic Woody Allen Zombie Jesus Magic Woody Allen Zombie Jesus Jesus ascended into heaven He was an incredible guy You don't often find fellas that fly Disappear right into the sky And only once did he use this ability With great power comes great responsibility <laughs> Praise be to Jesus Praise be to magic Woody Allen Zombie Superman Jesus Jesus Jesus' mother gave birth to him Without having sex with a dude No, she would never be that rude Never even be nude with a dude Breeding without the opposite gender is Commonly known as parthenogenesis Other animals that don't need males Include a lot of lizards and various snails Praise be to Jesus Praise be to magic Woody Allen Zombie Superman Komodo Dragon Jesus 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 can communicate with the deceased Like Psychic Sally Jesus lives forever, which is pretty odd But not as odd as his fetish for drinking blood Jesus is in more than one place at a time Like an electron or Schrodinger's feline Jesus pulled off that water-walking miracle He was as handy as an amphibious vehicle Jesus had bare feet, long hair and a beard Look, I'm not saying it's me I'm not saying that I am Jesus I am not saying that I am Jesus Woody 
Gallon, Zombie, Superman, Komodo, Dragon, Telepathic, Vampire, Quantum, Hovercraft, me, Jesus. That's right. You've got some balls to do that on the Christmas show. Oh, well. So I just want to clarify, you're, you're not Jesus. I'm just not up to me to say whether I'm Jesus. <laughs> hey, uh, Tim Minchin's uh, DVD live at the World Albert Hall is out now. If you like comedy, which is not just very funny but very smart as well, get yourself a copy. Mr. Tim Minchin, thank, thank you, you Tim. Great to see you. I love you. Don't go anywhere. After the break, I'll be joined by the Downton Abbey ladies and Mr. Tom Cruise. Don't go away. It's kind of weird. Tom Cruise. Oh, he's pushing his movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know? You know what I. That was a, that's a catchy song though. Yeah, wasn't it was it? funny. Um, speaking of Tom Cruise and his new Mission Impossible movie, yeah. do you know why I am more like likely to see it? No. You know who directed it? Was it a Pixar guy? Brad Bird, the guy yeah. who directed The Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll see it. I'll be even more and, uh, inclined to see it. Yeah, I'll watch that one. And it didn't. Uh, isn't it Andrew Stanton that's doing John Carter? I think. Um, I don't know. It's another Pixar guy. Yeah. So I'm I'm de- I'm yeah. all over John. I saw Carter. Sherlock Holmes. How was that? It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I think the next movie we'll see in the theater will be Beauty and the Beast. Oh really? And then Phantom Menace. Yeah, I already told Cole. Um, he can bring four friends wow. when we go see it. I'm I'm we're I'm taking the girls. They're gonna be. Oh yeah. They're gonna be just under four. Oh God, they're ready. They'll be bored to tears in Phantom Menace, but we will have seen it in a theater. So that's yeah. all that matters. That's really all that matters. Um, one thing before I we go to break, did you see the video? I I have never posted a video online of okay. like private stuff. Did yeah. you Did you see this? I did not see it. Okay, this is my daughter Ripley. Okay. I told her what the the chorus was to this song. I'm just going to play the audio. Probably won't be that great, but it's like 30 seconds. Okay. So, or maybe a minute. She is dancing around the living room <laughs> to Anthrax and Public Enemy screaming, bring the noise. That is awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not big for like... Oh, well, hold on. Some moves. She does. She has she has different dances for every different kind of music. There's a part of me that really wanted her to just run to the camera and go, "Motherfucker!" Yeah, that's coming. I'm sure. But yeah, that's I, awesome. I'm, not, I'm not a big one for like, oh, hey, here's something cute my kid did because I I don't know. Yeah, I just feel that's weird me. doing that. But no, that's fine if you know. Oh, yeah, if anybody's no, comfortable totally doing that. That's great. I just have I pri- put my kids shit up. Uh, the I, artwork up there all the time. I have privacy issues. Yeah. you know, person like it's it's weird to get around that like other people will be looking at my kids and I don't know who they are and whatever. It's but that's fucking adorable. Oh, that was that was awesome. I was talking to someone today about that type of thing and about how, uh, you know, people are always worried about, you know, 
their kids getting snatched and stuff yeah. and all that. And which, I mean, statistically, there's less of that that happens now than when we were kids. So, well, well, yeah. yeah. Um, we just have a 24-hour news cycle now. But, right. Um, so it seems a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. But I just, I just say, hey, you know what? Someone's going to scoop up Olivia. They'll return her in 15 hours. <laughs> yeah. Take me to jail because I've yeah. been to hell. And you see this snapshot I took of my phone there with the temperature? Love it. 11.58 p.m. on, I think it was December 22nd or 21st. Yeah. 57 degrees at yeah, midnight. Man. It's awesome. When and it was thunder and lightning no, the other night. I mean, there's there's a low here that's 28, but no temperature during the day drops below freezing. That is crazy that fucking is, bullshit. Yeah. I'm rooting I know, for I know you're very warming. happy with that. So I am. Well, let's let's do a break here, and then I want to play the story of Susie when okay. we get back. So uh, hold right. on a second. you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good podcasters or bad. Why we recorded or why we voicemailed. All that matters is Metal Mikey stood against many. That's what's important. Valor pleases you, Krom. So grant me one request. Grant me action attraction. And if you do not listen, let to hell with you. Action Attraction, the action movie review podcast. You can find Action Attraction through MetalMikey.Lipson.com or at www.PennyCult.com or by searching for Action Attraction in iTunes. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror 
as we tear apart one film a week. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time though. I mean, I must. Is this on? You can find us at chinstrokerversuspenter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could. Any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Let's play this. This is a fun little YouTube video that yeah. I think we can get a couple laughs out of. All right. There's, there's some video that's like, okay, you need to see that, but it doesn't this ruin is... the overall thing. Okay. I'm going to have to turn it back up. This is the story of Susie. Susie believed in Jesus, and Jesus is the light of the world. Before each meal, Susie would thank Jesus for the food someone else bred, slaughtered, harvested, canned, prepared, cooked, and presented. No food would be eaten until it was properly blessed. Before bedtime, Susie would pray for Jesus to heal the sick, comfort the afflicted, and ease the suffering in the world. Of course, when Susie awoke, the world's problems were still there. But somehow, it was all part of God's divine plan. When Susie got sick, she prayed for healing. Then she paid a doctor, <laughs> took prescription medication, and took weeks to recover naturally. When Susie was confused, she prayed for answers. When her ears picked up no audible reply, she simply guessed and called it divine inspiration. When Susie's mother was in a car accident, Susie thanked God that mum was only horribly injured and not killed immediately. Susie then prayed to Jesus for healing, and then she paid thousands of dollars to trained medical personnel. <laughs> Susie went to church, thanking Jesus for being so good. When the pastor was suddenly gunned down by a crazed madman during a sermon about divine protection, Susie was horrified, so she prayed a prayer of thanks that pastor was in a better place. She also prayed for the widow and children, that they would see that it's all part of God's special plan for their lives. When hurricanes came, Susie prayed and thanked Jesus that only a few thousand were homeless and only a few billion dollars in damage was done. For the millions worldwide afflicted with disease, Susie prayed and asked Jesus that a vaccine might be found in a laboratory. After all, it made sense that science should do the actual healing. God was busy making the world wonderful. 
For the starving and oppressed, Susie wore a special ribbon that showed how much she cared. Then she went home and watched American Idol. <laughs> yes, everywhere she looked, Susie saw the omnipotent hand and never-failing love of God. And once again, just before bedtime, Susie closed her eyes and said her prayers because she believed in Jesus. And Jesus is the light of the world. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That is funny. All right, let's see. Let's close that. I don't want any more weird noises. So uh, I really doubt that my wife's going to listen to this show um, before Christmas Day. So I can tell this story because I just saw the other post that I made there. So I'm 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 at the tattoo shop, yeah. uh, Witch City Inc., which I which I really like, and I'm there and I'm getting her gift certificate. And I'm like, oh, I should I should check in while I'm here because that'd be really, you know, yeah. Not, not not great, but it'd be you know neat to be mayor of the tattoo shop, yeah, right. Which won't happen because I don't go there nearly enough. But um, I I, <laughs> I realized that she's like follows me or friends or whatever it's yeah. called on Foursquare, and it would have popped up on her iPod immediately uh. <laughs> when I done that. I, I did that, and um, Shane suggested that I I check into uh, the place next door, but. Funny enough, the place next door is the store with Christian Day where he works. Oh. The guy that we that complains about, which is not treated yeah. properly and whatever. With the whole Charlie Sheen bullshit. Fucking but asshole. I never really go to Salem, so it would have been May really well. weird that I was down there. <laughs> so He'd have figured it out. <laughs> yeah, she definitely would have. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got here. Because this isn't going to be the regular length show because we're tired yeah there's that uh let me see um i love this story we got to do this one gemma porter 23 years old pregnant seven times in five years despite using contraception huh let me just wait for this whole page to load up here and uh close that now that there's something definitely missing from this article see if you can figure it out Gamma Porter, 23-year-old mom of three, says she has tried every form of contraception. The pill, condoms, the coil, uh, pro progesterone, yeah, injections, and implant. But despite these precautions, she and her husband, Glenn, 27, can't stop getting pregnant. They're expecting another baby now, and this is her seventh pregnancy in five years. She's had two miscarriages and one ectopic pregnancy. Ellen had one of those. We thought she was pregnant. Yeah. Uh, when we were really going through all the fertility stuff. Yeah, that was really disappointing. Um, and this is her complaint. I can't go out with my friends or have a drink because I'm constantly pregnant. I have also completely missed out on having a job. You're not missing anything. Or any kind of career of my own. According to the Daily Mail, which I've been told is not really the most reputable source, Potter was on the pill when she first met her husband in 2006 but somehow got pregnant with her son, Sean, three months later. After he was born, she went back on the pill, and this time it took four months before she got pregnant again. Why would you do the same thing twice? She gave birth to her second, Jessica. After she gave birth to her second, 
who was named Jessica, doctors suggested she try a coil, which they said was the most effective form of contraception. Turns out they were wrong. She got pregnant again, but sadly miscarried. No. Next, Potter tried magic. No, the injection, but got pregnant with her daughter, Sophie. So she went back on the pill. It didn't, quote, work. I don't know why that's in quotes. Again, but she became pregnant for a fifth time. That resulted in an ectopic pregnancy in her sixth. Conceived while she was still on the pill. Ended in miscarriage as well. Potter and her husband say they've only had sex three times since September, but yet she's ten weeks pregnant, and yes, she was on the pill. I love my children, but I don't want any more, she told the son. At this point, the silver lining on her extreme fertility is that she may be able to help other people become parents. If I keep having children and it gets to the stage that I can't afford them anymore, I would consider surrogacy. Here's an idea. Don't fuck. Well, where's the fun in that? Well, just like our abstinence program, take it in the mouth. I'm sorry, that just came as the wrong time as I'm about to take a sip of beer. <laughs> I'm going to have another one, so the end of the show is really fucking fun. <sighs> uh, wow. I, uh, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's actually pretty interesting. She tries all these different things. She keeps getting pregnant. Yeah, but she keeps going back to the pill. It's like, really? Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to have kids. Unless, of course, of course, she's taking it up the ass and she can get pregnant that way. Why doesn't her husband get a vasectomy? Yeah, there you go. She hasn't tried everything. And to go back on the pill is idiocy if it doesn't work. Right. I think I, I know a couple people that have, quote unquote, pill babies. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this will be the favorite story of the show. Ruben Arzu. Mother of naked 300-pound bodybuilder says mental illness led to attack. What the fuck is this? I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I don't know where I found this. It's a great headline. It sounds like an onion headline. I know, huh? The mother of Ruben Arzu, the naked 300-pound bodybuilder who savagely attacked a couple. What the fuck? I hate these pop-up ads. Nah. It's like I'm reading don't something. Blocked? I don't need to see. Yeah, I don't know why it's not working. Did your mouse like accidentally like? I don't know. End up going over. Um, uh, let me start this again because yeah. it's too good to miss out on parts. The mother of the mother Stephen, of Ruben Arzu, uh, the naked three hundred pound bodybuilder who savagely attacked a couple on Saturday. This is early. Excuse me, early December. He just went up to them and said, "I'm going to fuck you up." <laughs> said he suffers from a mental illness, which led to the attack. Arzu, twenty two, reportedly was sitting naked on the front porch of the couple's Colton, California home late Saturday evening when he attacked them in what police say was a drug or steroid-induced fury. Wow. Police said it took a crew... Uh, can you just imagine that conversation? Uh, <laughs> was he in a frenzy? Or, uh, <laughs> no, officer. No, no, no. He was definitely in a fury. Yeah. Definitely in a fury. Not a frenzy. Wasn't a... Uh, some type of... Uh, <laughs> God, I wish I could think of another fucking word for this. <laughs> Fuck. I'll keep, I'll keep in. going and you can, uh, let's see. Um, police said it took a crew of four men to restrain the bodybuilder using tizzy? stun guns and four sets of handcuffs. Oh, I got another story about that. Okay. But go ahead. All right. I'm truly, truly sorry for the couple that got hurt. Mariella Arzu told ABC7. We're trying to avoid that. We were trying to avoid that, and nobody heard us or heard his cry. 
The couple sustained head injuries and were released from the hospital on Tuesday. <laughs> what, did he just run up naked and just bonk them? Oh, they'll describe it. Oh. Mariella Arzu said her son did not take drugs, nor is he a bodybuilder, and says he is mentally disabled. She- well, they have the strength of 10 men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're not jacked out the ass. <laughs> Apparently, oh. that's a picture of him. No, that's not him. Is it? Yeah. I just thought, I thought that was a fucking ad. No. Really? I was looking at that like, oh, that's an ad for That picture something. says really? beyond bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah, it says photo is Reuters, the mother of Ruben Arsene, the naked 300-pound bodybuilder. Yeah. That dude is jacked. He's He is jacked beyond like that's superhero Don't tell jacked. Me he doesn't take steroids. Yeah. Uh, let's see. She said he receives benefits from Social Security as a disabled person. And in the eighth grade, he could only. And in the eighth grade, he could only understand. I don't know what that sentence means. Uh, Arzu said her son admitted he needed help earlier that day. He started wanting to cry, and he says, "Mom, I need help." And I could see it in his eyes that he was screaming for help. Well, that would be his mouth. Should get him some help. Arzu's girlfriend Denise Maynes said oh and mother of their one-year-old daughter told abc7 that arzu was battling evils that day Evil. (laughs) (sighs) he totally was a different person manas said it was like something happened within him i can't explain according to colton police arzu was sitting naked on the front porch of the couple's colton california home late saturday evening when they returned from a party the couple showed up at home from a party, and he's there in their front yard, naked. <laughs> That's awesome. Smith told the AP. Police said Arzu attacked and savagely beat the 36-year-old husband and caused major head drama. The wife, 34, ran inside to phone police and, too, was attacked by Arzu in the incident. Arzu reportedly threw the woman around and caused facial injuries and wounds to the head. Officer Smith told the AP a neighbor tried to help the couple being attacked, but ran back inside when Arzu tried attacking <laughs> just her. Just hear the dispatcher. We got a guy in a fury here. <laughs> no, I no, have a really a, tan a Hulk. Can you send people over? He's a Hulk. Here's the, here's the here's where it gets good. Police said it took four officers, two stun gun shots, and four sets of handcuffs to restrain the three hundred pound, five foot ten inch Arzu from attacking nice. again. Officers used a taser on Arzu, but the taser had no effect on him. And it took four officers to place Arzu into handcuffs. A statement detailing the incident from the Colton Police Department read, Arzu was still actively resisting officers even after being handcuffed with four sets of handcuffs. Police did not verify whether or not he was under the influence of drugs or steroids. Maynard said the family found out from police not long after the incident. It's just hard to believe seeing what he did, taking his clothes off and stuff. Maynes told ABC7, Ruben Arzu is being charged on suspicion of attempted homicide and aggravated mayhem. So he is like a fucking supervillain because he's that he was awesome. arrested for aggravated mayhem. There was a guy, I think it was actually in Nottingham. I heard this story on um, Hollywood Babylon. This guy, um, he was like running around with a lightsaber. Oh, I may have heard and, like, that. Like hitting people, and the police went at him with a taser. Yeah, yeah, and he survived it. And then they hit him again, and he used the lightsaber to like break the wire <laughs> of the taser. 
And you know that there was a cop standing there going, ooh, the force is strong in this one. I was like, dude, yeah, we know. We know lightsabers can stop Sith electricity bolts. Took them four times with uh, tasers. That'll take down a normal, uncrazed person. Yeah, this guy was fucking crazy. That's awesome, though. All right, how about this one? Um, Let's see. Gay community apologizes to Amy Coke for ruining her marriage. Oh, yeah. This is a... I heard about this. There's a lot of um, people in the in the the gay community that are like, "That's just too far. That's not right." That's, yeah, and it's like, you know what? Fuck her. You know what? She's gonna let me. Let's get the details out before I start All right. telling people they're wrong. The gay and lesbian community of Minnesota has issued a letter of apology to recently resigned Senate Majority Leader Amy Koch for ruining the institution of marriage and causing her to stray from her husband and engage in an inappropriate relationship. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna skip the quote it from the like letter. Parody. It definitely does, but and I think it is, but it's it's well. Well, put. let's hear the quote. Uh, well, no, because I want to read the whole letter, and it's it's oh, it's okay. only like two more paragraphs than that. The letter comes on the heels of Coke's own apology released yesterday, in which she expressed her deep regret for engaging in a relationship with a Senate staffer. Although the letter did not specify the identity of the other participant in the inappropriate relationship, it is widely rumored to be former communications chief Michael. Broadcorb. <laughs> Broadcorb, which is <laughs> some other language for big cock. <laughs> Who lost several positions with the GOP in the wake of the scandal. Koch, Broadcorb, and their fellow Republicans campaigned this year to put a constitutional amendment on next year's ballot to define marriage as the union between a man and a woman, thus forbidding gay marriage. Sadly, the amendment comes too late to prevent Koch from straying from her own marriage. Is it Koch or Koch? It's C-O... K-O-C-H. K-O-C-H, but isn't that how the Koch brothers spell their names? I think it's Koch. So here's the letter. An open apology to Amy, whatever the fuck her bitchy last name is, (laughs) on behalf of... Well, you know what? You you can't be a fucking hypocrite. Amy K. Yeah, Amy K. (laughs) A-Cakes. A lot of Parks and Rec. Uh, On behalf of all gay and lesbian Minnesotans, dear Mrs. K, Ms. K, on behalf of all gays and lesbians living in Minnesota, I would like to wholeheartedly apologize for our community's successful efforts to threaten your traditional marriage. We are ashamed of ourselves for causing you to have what the media refers to as an illicit affair with your staffer. And we also extend our deepest apologies to him (laughs) and to his wife. What an unfortunate way to refer to this man with whom she had an affair. Her staffer. Yep. Well, <laughs> you get hired to do a job. Hey, you staffer. <laughs> <laughs> you stuffer. That's your job. Oh. Uh, let's. Uh, these recent events have made it quite clear that our gay and lesbian tactics have gone too far, affecting even the most respectful of our society. <laughs> we apologize that our selfish requests to marry those who we love have cheapened and degraded traditional marriage so much that we have caused you to stray from your own holy union. For something more cheap and tawdry. And we are doubly remorseful in knowing that many will see this as a form of sexual harassment of a subordinate. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) It is now clear to us that if we were not so self-focused and myopic, we would have been able to see that the time you wasted diligently writing legislation that would forever seal the definition of marriage as being between one man and one woman could have been more usefully spent reshaping the legal definition of adultery. Forgive us. As you know, we are not church-going people, so we are unable to fully appreciate that, quote, gay marriage is incompatible with Christian values, despite the (laughs) fact 
that those values carry a biblical tradition of adultery such as yours. <laughs> we applaud you for keeping that tradition going. And finally, shame on us for thinking that marriage is a private affair and that our marriage would have little impact on anyone's family. We now see that marriage is more than that. It is an agreement with society. We should listen to the Minnesota Family Council when it tells us that marriage is about being public, which explains why marriages are public ceremonies. Never did we realize that it is exactly because of the societal agreement that the entire world is looking at you in shame and disappointment instead of minding its own business. <laughs> From the bottom of our hearts, we ask that you please accept our apology. Thank you, John Medeiros. <laughs> Thank you, the gays. The gays, yeah. <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> Good for them. I'm glad somebody has a fucking sense of humor uh, about that shit. Ah. Uh, I just don't understand how the Republicans take themselves seriously. I don't get it. Really, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. Um, No, that one's way too grim. Let's do this one. And then uh, and then we'll do a break. Then we'll come back and do feedback. Uh, Pat uh, Roberts says, uh, Pat, Pat Robertson says, God owns poor families' money. Really? <laughs> yeah. This is from the uh, David Pakman show. So let's uh, listen to this. Uh, another religious story for you, by the way. Pat Robertson, our good friend Pat Robertson from the 700 Club, told a woman who can't pay her mortgage or her bills that she's just not managing her money properly and she must keep tithing if she wants God's blessing. Can you think of more irresponsible advice from Pat Robertson? And this is sickening, and I would warn you that you probably don't want to let kids see this, right? I think we, we should issue a fair warning. Not <laughs> There's no nipples here. It's not Janet Jackson's <laughs> nipple or anything like that. This is far, far more disturbing to children. It's Melissa who says our family is struggling financially. We can't pay our mortgage and now it's getting to the point where our tithe to our church is taking away from paying our bills. I pray but I don't get an answer. Why? Well, I think the answer is in the Bible. You know, the Bible says, shall a man rob God? If you really want his blessing, be faithful with your tithe and then you've got God as your financial partner and you have every reason. At this point, Steve-O from Jackass should run through the room <laughs> and, just and just fucking him. cold cock him and keep running, right? <laughs> and just yell, gotcha, bitch! And Stay just faithful to running. your tithe, you fucking dick. Yeah. ...to ask him for his blessing. So uh, I, the, that belongs to him. So you remember that little girl that had the little, uh, you know, something for giving, something mm -hmm. for saving? Mm -hmm. You need those buckets I don't think you're managing your money properly. Right. So Pat Robertson, all... <laughs> if you want God's blessing, you have to give him money, because clearly God likes money. God this, is your This financial... invention of ours, he's just, he's all about it. God yeah. is your financial advisor. He is certified in uh, life and health insurance. He has a Series 6. He has a Series 63. He can advise on mutual funds, in particular investments. He prefers no-load mutual funds, just so you know. So really, you keep, keep giving God that tithe. And then you can ask for his blessing. Not before, right. Lewis. Right. Not only will, will, will your investment increase uh, substantially, but uh, you will also receive miracles. Right. Yeah. But not only if, you, only if you pay God. Explain to me how this guy isn't mentally ill. What, what is the difference between this type of belief and any other belief that doesn't have to do with religion that is just as delusional. It, that's the thing. This is For a some sick reason, human being. An exception, it, it, he is sick. And, you know, that money belongs to God. You are robbing God if you don't give him the 10% of your money. So God can create the universe 
in six days, smite infidels, save your soul or send you to hell, but he's broke and he needs 10% of your salary. <laughs> Is he going to be living on uh, 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 ramen and cheap beer if you don't give him your tithe, Lewis? Is that what's going on? Does God drink PBR? <laughs> what's you, going on? You'd think an all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful deity of the Bible would know that occasionally it's difficult to make those protection payments to the church <laughs> and maybe would cut people some slack. I guess not. The one disappointment is there's no hell for Pat Robertson to go to. That's really the disappointment. <laughs> right. People need to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is sick. Yeah. <laughs> what can we do? People love him. All right. Well, we've heard it from producer Lewis. Thanks for bringing things back down. Things were escalating, and you were able to calm the situation. You look like your head might explode. I mean, I don't want to clean that up. Let's take a break. On iPhone and Android, you can get the David Pakman show oh, at stitcher.com. Yeah, actually, it's, it's a good show, but yeah. I'm going to cut his ad off right there. Um, I actually did a, an episode of the podcast podcast uh, that he was on before, oh, yeah? before his show blew up. He's a nice guy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he'll never hear that, but hey. yeah, he's a nice guy. He, we could cross-promote shows. He's got a lot of fans. That's good. Yeah. Uh, want to do a break, and then we'll do feedback? Sure. Okay, so let's uh, do this here. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, Dr. Everything will be alright. Instead of asking how much of your time, ask how much of your mind, baby. Cause in this life, things are much harder than the afterworld. This life, you're on your own. And if the elevator tries to break you down. What's up, everybody? This is Bill. And this is Chris. From Outside the Cinema. We're here to give you the reasons why you should be listening to Outside the Cinema. One, we cover kick-ass movies. Two, we cover kick-ass movies. Okay, this isn't going to work if you continue this way. Oh, really? I'm not supposed to echo what you say? Three, I'm good-looking. Four, I would agree with that. And five, your life pretty much depends on it. This is Kane Hodder. Keep listening to Outside the Cinema, or I'll kill you. OutsideTheCinema.com. It's on the fucking internet. Outside the cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. Hey, fans, it's Ken Forey. Just want to tell you about Mail Order Zombie. Great company. They review zombie films, any zombie film every zombie film and it's uh, something you should tune into so if you get a chance go to the website look these guys up Mel Zombie and find out what the hot zombie films are today what's going on these guys are right on the the cutting edge of of reviewing zombie movies and if you're a zombie or you want to be a zombie or you're thinking about being a zombie or your mom's a zombie your dad's a zombie your damn mother-in-law's a zombie Tune in to Mel Zombie, baby. You'll find out what's going on. Ken Forey, and that's out. 
This is a great jump film from the Girls on Film Radio. Are you tired of all those vegetarian or vegan podcasts? We just listened to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema had to say about the Girls on Film Radio. A lot of good meat in there. There's a lot of good meat in there uh, that the girls talk about. You guys got a lot of nice meat over there at the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So there you have it. The meaty film discussion by meaty women. Listen to Girls on Film Radio. Girlsonfilm.podomatic.com Let's see. I'll play a voicemail in between. All right. All right. <laughs> Just you're making sure it's okay to read. This is from Angie. Uh, it's about food insecurities and obesity. All right. Uh, hey, Chris and Frank, happy holidays to you and your families. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Just wanted to put in my two cents about the Santorum statement that food stamps need to be cut due to obesity, especially since my sustainable food final project was about healthy organic eating and poverty levels. Oh, Not boy. looking for college credit, but I am still waiting well, for my professor give to give me a credit. grade. It fingers. just won't matter. Exactly. Yeah. A plus, Angie. This is, this is where the people that study the shit tell me how full of shit I am. <laughs> Uh, wow, she's got a lot here. Uh, anyway, uh, Chris, you're absolutely right when you said that when you made less money, you gained more weight. The convenience of processed food is a godsend to busy families, especially those with kids. But what we pay for inconvenience is offset by how bad a lot of these processed foods are. The same goes for fast food. They're full of fat, sodium, unpronounceable chemicals. To preserve the food in ways that will survive a nuclear blast. Not only yeah. that, but these foods are cheaper and, again, more convenient than fresh foods, which spoil quicker and a lot of Americans have forgotten how to preserve food. Freezing, drying, pickling, and canning. Pickling. <laughs> caning. We're the, guys, we're the guys that give people pickles now. <laughs> Pickle caning. Um, I think most of our grandparents or great-grandparents were pickled. Nope. Uh, our great-grandparents, for the kids out there. Knew how their leftover fruits and veggies from the backyard gardens. My grandmother had a well-stocked fruit cellar where her canning was stored. Mm. She had the best jellies, jams, and tomatoes that lasted her all winter. That's Uh, good. That's another issue. Gardening has gone from being something that most people did to supplement food to a hobby, much like uh, 
Canning. I keep seeing canning, and I want to say caning. Yeah, that's a totally different hobby. Uh, yeah, I know it is. That's there's a, no, there's no safe word a, in gardening. That's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, my parents uh, and parents both had to produce gardens when I was very had produce gardens when I was very little, 1977 to 80, around about. Mm. Now, due to lack of time and land, gardening is not as commonplace as it once was. As citizens, we've lost the ability to be food producers and instead become sole food consumers. Community gardens, especially in urban communities, have been embracing produce gardening in these hard economic times to solidify communities, educate community members about healthier eating habits, provide organic, locally grown produce to food banks, and better the environment, especially in lower-income communities. Hmm. Randy and I are going to experiment with container gardening on his balcony this season, and his mother's going to show me how we how to can. Uh, both of which I'm looking forward to. Not cane. Not cane. Okay. It's, you don't want. You don't want someone's mother showing you how to cane somebody. That is true. That's a whole other website. Um, in regards to the effects of affordable produce, Randy and I lost about lost a total of 75 pounds between the two of us over the spring, summer, and autumn months this past year thanks to low-priced organic produce at local farmer's markets. Oh, that's nice. There used to be a farmer's market where Petco is. Yeah, now it's a McDonald's. Um, no, now it's Petco. <laughs> You can still see some of the architecture. Yeah, Petco. I was in Petco the other the, the other night. I had to kill some time. I was with Olivia and Frankie, and uh, it's kind of like a like a convenient poor person zoo. Yeah, that is true. Oh, this is uh, just a if small you like aside. Pirates and rats. Just a small aside from this. We were looking at the lizards. Yeah. Okay, and there were these two lizards. They were about this big, which is a good idea to do this for radio. It's about eight and a half inches. About the size of my cock. So. <laughs> One um, of us was going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's better if I talk about the size of my cock than you. Oh, so yeah, um, now you say that. <laughs> so anyway, we're looking at these lizards and these like kind of you know. So one of them is on a branch at about eye level to Olivia, uh-huh. and she's looking in, and Frankie's looking up, and just kind of doing that. And for some reason, whatever it was, the lizard jumps at the glass where <laughs> Olivia was. She. Threw herself to the floor. She's in the middle of Petco, screamed, went, ah, threw herself to the floor. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. I'm <laughs> laughing my head off. She's like, not funny, not funny, not funny. She stands up. This, this is the second one. Does the same thing. Oh, no, that's <laughs> She great. didn't throw herself to the floor. She's like, what did I do? Oh, it was really funny. Anyway, <laughs> back good. to that's the good. letter. Okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Or. <laughs> Gasmic. No, organic. In addition, produce that has to be trucked from around the country or out of the country is already on the path of spoilage before it hits the supermarkets. Mm. Couple that with our very busy lives with work and school in which the convenience of processed food, mostly, by the way, of fast food, excuse me, has had to supplement our temporarily fast-paced eating habits and our produce consumption has dropped considerably throughout the winter months. As a result, some of the weight has returned. Sorry, guys. Some of my weight is also not going anywhere. My my weight has remained constant. <laughs> Blah. Sadly. We look forward to the return of the farmer's markets, not only for the quality of food, but the farmers and consumers who love to interact with each other as mm. farmer's markets have become communities in their own right. Furthermore, the amount of money, money given to assist those who need food is already extremely low. A single individual... At the poverty threshold in Illinois, about $10,000 annual income before taxes, get only $90 a month for assistance. Ooh. That's only twenty two fifty a week that this person has extra to spend on food. Chances are that he or she is going to find a better food value by buying 49 cents a 
boxes of macaroni and cheese or 30 cent packages of ramen yeah and spending money on produce that can easily spoil if not eaten fast enough yeah and that ramen is packed with salt oh, the best the best thing if you have to eat ramen that i've found is not to put the flavor pack in with right. it because that's just yeah. fucking salt and a couple of spices uh canned veggies are an option but even these uh can be out of the price range of people or alien on how to prepare them Handy can of tomatoes to some folks, and they wouldn't know where to begin in preparation. No, well, I gnaw this open. You can get more assistance with more people in the house, but then again, when it comes down to feeding a family as cheap as possible rather than as healthily, healthy as possible, most people are going to go with food that has the highest yield on the dollar to yeah. fill hungry bellies. That is often not the healthiest of options given the affordability of processed food. What a country needs is a better education on healthy eating, like Michelle Obama has been trying to do, but that would be too much socialism for some people. Yeah, God forbid people Sarah are in a drain on the health care system and die early. Food uh, insecurities have been linked to obesity over and over again. The studies are out there. Apparently, reading these facts are too much for Rick Santorum to be bothered with, <laughs> and harping on the poor is just easier. Well, it's not the reading, it's the fact part that right. he has a hard time with. There's a serious issue going on with healthy food consumption in this country when pizza is being classified as a vegetable. I also blame the lack of cooking knowledge to be an issue in this country. I'm a self-professed foodie, and I still cook most of my meals, except during projects, midterms, and finals, yeah. the state of both, since I do love to experiment with new recipes. Some of my friends can't seem to figure out where I find the time, but they love consuming the results when I cook for large groups. I somehow manage, but not everyone is so lucky, especially when you have a hungry family in the other room asking when dinner is going to be ready. Yeah. I've rambled on enough, and I seriously need to start working on my game plan for New Year's Eve menu anyway. The bacon-wrapped <laughs> bananas aren't going to cook themselves. That's interesting. P.S. Um, don't know if you've seen it, but you guys and fellow listeners really should really check out Food Incorporated on Netflix streaming. It's a little heavy-handed in parts, but it has a lot of great insight on the American food production industry and food consumption in the United States in general. Definitely worth a watch, uh, and it will make you think about your eating habits. It did a lot to change mine. That's all from Angie. Yeah. Interesting. I've kind of stayed away from Food Inc. for, for a while because... You know, I I like what I like. Yeah, and I I don't know because I, I we just introduced the girls to bacon the other day, like like a couple months ago. Bacon is so good. And they this this was this was fantastic. I had bacon on my plate because I cooked all of the bacon, <laughs> right? And um, they wanted they wanted more. They each got one piece, uh-huh. right? I said, you want more bacon, you have to eat the rest of the food on your plate. And we're not big pushing, you know, clean your plate because we don't want to create food issues for them later. But, like, they didn't eat anything except the bacon. So I had I held up two pieces, and I said, you can each have one if you, and their plates were clean. <laughs> and Nova sat there, and she, like, nibbled it like a chipmunk. And Ripley, I think she shoved the whole thing in her mouth and just chewed it for five minutes. <laughs> They love bacon. I said, you know what? They make hamburgers with bacon on them. They also make bacon with chocolate on it and uh, like all kind of, that's fine. You know, but I said, you know, bacon is something that you have like every couple weeks. You can't have bacon all the time because, you know, we we all like being alive. (laughs) (laughs) It'll get you. Yeah. All right. Is this this the short one before the the longer one? This is the longer one. I'll read the shorter one, and then I'll do the voicemail. Okay, shorter one. one. Quick follow-up from um, Dustin. I just realized that 
For all my talk about Republican money worship, I could have just posted this link and video and picture inside uh, would sum up what I was trying to say perfectly. I'll uh, I'll link that onto our Facebook okay. page and in the show notes. Let me state again that I don't think most wealthy people made their money unethically, just that being rich doesn't make you inherently superior and beyond criticism. Right. And I'm disturbed that Fox News tries to pretend otherwise. That's it. And as for the planets, I did a little bit more research, and the best-case scenario is that Kepler-22b is a large ocean world, so there's a little, so there's little chance of an alien civilization, but more for alien sea life. Mm. And, of course, the size of planets discovered gets smaller and smaller. I hope the previous email was a concise one. Uh, it was a concise one-stop summary of what we know about alien worlds and how soon we might know more. I don't know if it was before or after... Um, we read that that there were two Earth-sized planets found in the same solar system, like right in the in the perfect zone yeah. for life. It's not going to be much longer. Nah, it's out there. I mean, I don't know. All right, well, let me let me play this. I, I mean, I could keep going, but we're going to try and keep this short yeah. this week as a Christmas present for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so let's play this. I don't know how long it is. And Frank, it's James here from the Palava Forums and the Art of War and the Facebook page and you know all that other stuff. <laughs> uh, just wishing you guys a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year Merry and all Christmas. that and looking forward to another year of Are You Serious? So keep up the good work and the atheistic rage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think. Um, Maybe for next year I might try and reel myself back a bit and try not to give a fuck, you know, and try not to hate people even though they're idiots and deserve to be fucking knocked out. But uh, <laughs> Apathy is liberty. Know, fuck it. They're not bothering me. I'll just let it go. I'll just try and ignore all the shit, but I'll still listen to the show. No doubt it'll make me angry here and there, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to... Let shit go. So I'll try. It'll probably last. Well, it'll probably last about three hours. <laughs> a month. I'll give it a month. All and right. then I'll be back into Facebook hooking into people like I'm some kind of asshole. But, uh, but you know. So you guys have a good Christmas. And uh, I look forward to hearing the show again. And, and yeah, that's about it. That's all I need to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm sort of lost for words now, but yeah, I'm, I'm planning on having a very busy Christmas myself. What the hell? I didn't know they were singing here. <laughs> All right, so you guys have a wicked Christmas, and I shall talk to you next year. Merry Christmas, um, man. <laughs> I might be a little uh, low on the uh, voicemails for about a month. I'll try and squeeze a few in here and there, but I'm renovating and painting and got new additions to the house and nice and my work's going through its busiest period so yeah i'm pretty fucking busy but uh i'll still be listening so if i don't get in touch with you i'll at least be in touch with you very soon okay so have a good one boys have a good christmas and good tidings to all bye-bye nice thank you thank you and uh I've heard that uh, Art of War is uh, recording a new album, so we may have some more music to play. Cool. Yeah, so anything you want to send over, I will play. Yeah, you want us to 
Um, Hey, did you see that FedEx dude that threw the monitor over the fence? What a fucking asshole. I saw the... I hope he... Was there any follow-up to that? He was fired? There was a corporate response on YouTube. What did they say? He he said that that's not... that We don't do that, basically. And now that, that customer says, we don't discuss... You know, internal matters like right. that. Um, but we are in compliance with our disciplinary actions, and he is no longer in a position where he works with the public. Basically, can you imagine what would have gone down? I mean, so for anybody that doesn't know, it was a video from what a closed circuit like yeah. security camera. Yeah, and the, the dude was home too. Really, the dude was home. Oh, All I didn't he said know was that. that you had to just ring the bell. He just walked up. Tossed it over what a yeah it was, five it was a monitor fence? yeah yeah it was a monitor it was over it was in a box and um, he just took this thing took it out of the truck didn't stop didn't look around as to where he might be able yeah. to put this thing just walked up threw it over the fence yeah. a five foot high fence and walked away it's just like are you fucking kidding yeah, me the most important thing that I got out of it was that that FedEx has talked to the customer and the customer is satisfied now. Good. So, all right. As they should. That's they should good. be kissing his ass. Yeah. They probably did. They probably bought him a new one. and At the very and, least. And hand-delivered it in a car that he got to keep. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Think about, like, the company that sent it or the person that sent it as a gift or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine being that person. It's like, really, dude? Like, what the fuck? Anyway, okay. So what do you got there? All right, let's see. We have, this is from Ian. It's called Another Reply. I swear it's my last. (laughs) So I have a lot of thoughts on the response from the last show, although it is admittedly hard to reply to an audio clip. But I don't think making an argument in a 20-minute segment every week is necessarily the most efficient way of doing things. So I'm limiting my response to below. Okay. When I talk about globalization, I'm talking about politicians breaking down trade barriers with countries I was never good for American workers. Big business wanted to push down wages, so they got politicians to break down trade barriers and moved already profitable operations overseas. We didn't need to move everything offshore, but we did, and now we're paying the price. Mm. The world currency situation is already out of balance. Our trade deficit with China is based on China depressing the value of their currency. American products are more expensive than they should be in China, and the products are competitive because of this. Um. Their products are more competitive because of this. Okay. U.S. dollars aren't actually at risk of losing reserve currency status at any time soon because of what Frank mentioned. The rest of the global currencies are worse off than the dollar. If you guys are interested, I've got a great book I can send along. It's called The Debt. It's called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. It covers the nature of what money and debt are really, really are in a sociological uh, standpoint. Huh. That might be interesting because, like I've said before, I really am just – I don't know much about this subject. On this, I agree. Money is a facilitator that allows people to trade goods and services. The thing is our system – our problem isn't that we don't have a free enough market. Markets are only a mechanism for determining value. The problem isn't that we've got a flat money system using gold was never a cure for manipulation as he noticed as he noted in his comments on earlier crises i don't listen to politicians and i'm not assuming the past was anything but varying shades of tyranny no true free market has ever existed for long nor is ever likely to i'm about our, i'm talking about our current shitstorm and how to fix it free markets are an efficient way to 
cost out commodities, but they do nothing to resolve bigger problems. Borrowing money and printing money and spending it on actual things, such as paying workers to do things, buying goods, etc., is essential now, mm. both because it helps with growth, but more importantly because we are in a transitional period, and if we don't seize the opportunity, we have to make big structural changes in our economy in the areas of transportation, power generation, etc., we're going to be screwed. Resources aren't unlimited, but making the right, and I don't know what happened to that sentence. I'm only in favor of government debt when the government is spending the money. I don't believe in borrowing money to cut taxes. I don't think that makes any sense. Government exists to make societal investments, and it's those investments that facilitate economic activity, just like the money itself. Hell, I'm in favor of the government raising taxes. 100% of the Bush tax cuts should be limited. Hmm. Um on everybody, but I don't believe the government should cut its deficit until we're actually growing sustainably or interest rate spike, which I don't see coming with the Eurozone imploding the way it is. Oh, and the tragedy of the commons can be applied to any situations where rational self-interests result in net harm. It's called a commons dilemma. Yeah, um, I didn't cover, but uh, uh, yeah, a, a lot I didn't cover, but I'm also at work and this is probably too much in and of itself. Uh. Uh, oh, and while I tend to think that Keynes' uh, framing is more accurate than the Austra- Australian school, I'm not a Keynesian. I'd closer call myself a communist. I think the commodification of human <laughs> labor, labor and ideas is the source of most of our dysfunction. Ian, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> okay. I've had a beer too much to deal with that. <laughs> All right. All right, so it's uh, it's that time. It's that time. Thank you, everybody, for writing it. I really yeah, really Merry Christmas that. to everybody. Happy holidays. Um, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's difficult, obviously, like I, I say every week, for me to chime in on shit I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I appreciate the conversations, and uh, it's time for this. That sounds extra holy this week. Oh. Of Charlie, fa la 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 la. Make the Yuletide gross and gnarly, fa la 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 la. Stacking stuff with ears and fingers, fa la 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 la. Chop from all those caroling singers, fa la 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 la. Drape the hearth with chunks of Barney, fa la 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 la. Bits of Bruce and hunks of Arnie, fa la 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 la. Hang the crypt with spleens and kidneys, fa la 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 la. Use Ramones and then use Sydney's, fa la 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 la. The fuck is this from? I think it's the Crypt Keeper. Is it? Yeah, I guess so. Hey there, Chris and Frank. Now, if you couldn't tell already from the intro or my festive background music, (laughs) Christmas is almost upon us. 
And you know what that means. Bestiality, bestiality, oh. bestiality. No, Frank, that means it's time to get together with your family and friends to enjoy their company, good food, booze, and most importantly, presents. Yep, everyone loves to get presents, especially Reverend Scott. So if you good little Are You Serious cult members out there want to give me the greatest <laughs> gift of all, keep putting up suggestions on Facebook for the name of this segment. Actually, maybe I'm wrong for calling you guys a cult. The whole group is a cult. Oh, well, apparently Chris agrees <laughs> and likely fully supports my shameless request for others to do my work for me. I just think that that was like totally disingenuous and promotes stupidity. <laughs> I really didn't have a whole lot to say this week, mainly because I'm crazy busy and really lazy. Even though I have a mountain of great sound clips from the last episode, I think my gift this week to Chris and Frank will be to not ruin their Christmas, making them sound ridiculous. I kind of feel a little bit like a dick. <laughs> I mean, sure. I might have Chris mention... I'm fine with sodomy. I'm fine with bestiality. Or have Frank inform us that... I probably would then enjoy goat fucking. <laughs> but that doesn't mean a guy like Chris is a... Supporter of bestiality. <laughs> On the contrary... I think both of you are really swell guys. I enjoy supporting your show. I wish you both a Merry Christmas and think maybe you should just stop fucking animals. Once you start, you can't stop. That's fine. Peace and love, guys. I'm fine with sex with animals. I'm down with that. I'm for that. For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, that was a good end. Oh, I like that. Oh, it's funny. terrible, but I like that. Uh, uh. So, so uh, what uh, what Christmas present are you most excited to give this year? Well, to to my kids or in general? In general, wherever, to whomever. I am eagerly anticipating the fight that's going to come out of the iPad. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean the fight? Oh, because that... it's too much money and you got to return it. Why did you spend it? But fuckers, I got it engraved. Yeah, it's there. That shit ain't going back. And my name is not Pop Pop. So <laughs> it's not mine. That'll be fun because it'll be interesting to watch them understand how much it can do. Yeah. Um, because they actually now have they they there's going to be they have a Blu-ray player that'll be like sitting yeah. under the tree that's Netflix compatible. So then both of them can watch two different things at once, and then you know I can actually they could see the girls and talk yeah. to them and and do stuff like that. So that'll be that'll they be have fun. Wi-Fi in the house. They will. Ah. My brother and his wife. Uh, so my sister-in-law yeah. um, are going to take care of the Wi-Fi and um, something. Oh, a case oh, for cool. it. So that's good. Did you get the smart cover for it? No, because they they were going to do the case. Oh, okay. So cool. That's you know good. That works out pretty good. 
Um, I absolutely love. I am constantly amazed at the stuff I am able to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I I write on it. Hmm. Um, when I was doing the zombie movie with the kids, we ran outside and did like a. I tried to explain to them them coming up over a hill, and I okay. said, "Let's go, let's go look." And, and I was able to shoot like just a little rough of them uh, coming up and over. I wouldn't use it to shoot; I'll use the camera. Right, but, right. But just to so that they can see yep. themselves, we um. And when we were choreographing the Michael Jackson thriller dance that they were going to do, uh-huh. I was able to just show them the video. Oh, that's I'm like, good. all right, this that's is what good. we're going to do. Nice. And um, I use it for um, Mystery Cafe when I, I, uh, I put yeah. my script on. And I actually have a, an app where I can write on the PDF on the script. So oh, my little okay. notes and stuff. I that's just good. scribble my writing on there. Yeah, I think I it's, think the more they use really it, the amazing. more It's really though. great. I love yeah. it. Uh, I, as, you know what I did see though? I saw the um, the Kindle Fire. Yeah, My buddy Dan um, got one of those as an early Christmas yeah. present, and it's really cool. It seems good. It's it seems it's good. It's really it's it's really neat because um, it streams Netflix and, and yeah, does movies stream and Netflix stuff, right? and, so. and movies and 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 all that kind of stuff. You know, get on the web with it and all that. Hmm. So and the price it, is very accessible too. It's two hundred bucks. I thought there was one for like ninety nine. That's a different Kindle. Oh, okay. So no, I the Kindle know. Fire. The I haven't looked Kindle into Fire it that is much. Like, so. It's like two hundred bucks. Nah. Might be two fifty, two hundred. So, um, yeah. So that's that's kind of neat. It's it's yeah. more of a content consumption kind of thing. Oh yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. unless they get apps in there, we're going to create more. But oh, it's 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 it sounds to me like it's it's compare compatible like iPhone like fifth generation iPod to an iPhone. Um. Where it's like, okay, you have audio books and music and videos and stuff, but but there's stuff that you can do on the phone. There's stuff that you can do on your iPhone that you can't do on the Kindle. Right. That's that's what I mean. So yeah, um, the size is uh, he says pretty good when he's on the train. He's you know able to you know to read it. Oh, so, that's good. You know that's to good. read it pretty well. I mean, I I read with um, you know the iPad. It's fine. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah, so that that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to. Um, we had this uh, necklace made for Julie. It has these little kind of silver, uh, sterling silver discs. Okay. Um, that have the kids. Uh, it's a jewelry maker who mm. uh, runs the art center where I have film school. Uh, yeah. So uh, she was really generous. She she really hooked us up with this, and uh, she made it. It has like. Um, Stone like like birthstones, huh. and um, you know near these little sort of they're like flat discs similar to. She uh, gave me a keychain that's similar to what she did with the necklace. So I have one like this. It's got all my kids' names. Oh, okay. And okay. but hers are these are it's a little smaller. This one is brass. Right. It's a little the the discs are a little small. It has each kid's individual name. Mm-hmm. So there's four of them. And it's kind of curved across. almost. Yeah. Almost like a giant metal contact yeah. lens. Yeah. To and describe it. Yeah. Yeah. So um so I'm yeah. really I'm really Julie has absolutely no idea. Oh, no nice. idea whatsoever. Nice. So. I had I had some jewelry made. It's not as nice as that. But um I had two necklaces made from two of the guitar picks I used from the first gig I ever played in front of an audience. Oh really? That's cool. Uh, so that'll be for the girls. And then um I have earrings made for Ellen. That's one of the shows she went to. That I played, and another one that um, I, uh, I'll just pick a date because I use the same picks over and over <laughs> again. But then I had a necklace made to go with it, which I don't ever expect her to wear all of them at once, yeah. or even the earrings. It's just you know. But the necklace is is the center is it's my, my mother does jewelry stuff, 
So she has it's like a pewter clasp that's kind of scrolly looking with beads done up, and the pick was the one that I used for the Museum of Science show where I sang in front of people. So it's got like that. Okay, that was the first time I did this. This was the first time I did that. So that's kind of kind of nice. I think there's other stuff like I'm kind of excited to give the girls this box of um, action figures, superheroes. Oh, really? I just bought, I just won a, an auction on eBay. It was a lot of, um, a lot, not a lot, yeah. of um, DC superheroes. And it's like Black Canary and Wonder Woman and, and a bunch oh, of like that. Cool. Uh, a bunch of Batman, a bunch of Superman. Because they're really into superheroes from Brave and the Bold. And um, so that'll be kind of fun. There's a, there's a Wonder Woman 10-inch uh, figure that I found on eBay for them. But um, I think they'll... Nova's gonna really like flip for the Black Canary figure that oh, I really? found for her. She loves Black Canary. I was like, yeah, you know, cool. yeah, it's gonna do her Black Canary impersonation, and she screams in this high pitched top of her <laughs> lungs scream. So she wants to be Black Canary for Halloween. So that's like a black bathing suit and tights and a leather jacket <laughs> um, and little boots, and it's totally doable because Target sells like short, yeah. like like right under the ribs leather yeah. jackets in little girl sizes. Yeah. So that'll be kind of fun. But Ripley wanted the Lala Loopsy Treehouse and School Bus. Lala Loopsy is huge. Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't like the button eyes. She was off of Lala Loopsy for a little while yeah. because of Coraline. Yeah, Coraline it, fucks you up. Yeah, it really did. I was surprised. But we talked about button eyes and how all dolls have button eyes because you know, that's how they used to be made and stuff. Yeah. And she told Santa she wants Lala Loopsy, Treehouse, and School Bus. Thankfully, because I had already bought the school bus. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's just little stuff here and there. I mean, it's a great age because this pile of figures here with like the two Spider-Mans and Mr. Freeze and a Batman and Ultron over there, it's like I can give them my old shit as a Christmas present. And I know that's kind of cheap, but... No, you kidding? It'll be theirs. Yeah, stuff that gets handed down. I just have to find... um, I have a Bo Peep, a Buzz Lightyear, and a Woody that I need to find, and I'll probably give them for their birthdays. Shut up. This, that's, I can say, I can't even do it now. The cowboy from Toy Story. <laughs> do you really think that Reverend Scott's not going to be able to pick out there you talking about your Woody? He won't, he won't take out of context, which is perfectly fine with me. But I think we need to end this. Because with an opening clip and an ending clip, we're going to come in at about 145, 150 now. So plus breaks. So everybody have a great Christmas. Yeah, Uh, happy New Year. Oh wait, we'll be back next. Yeah, we'll be back next week. week. Next week. So Uh, yeah, we should do like a New Year's something show. Maybe yeah, maybe a commentary show. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll watch something. Yeah. What could we watch? I don't know. I don't want to watch Jesus King. No, I don't want to do that. All right. Anyway, it's 206-338-3094, and it's areyouseriouspodcast at gmail.com. Well, there, so. I gave you the week off from that. Thanks. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Well, bye. Bye.
Are you still there? When I, when, when I was in America last, I read a, a survey, an analysis actually, a meta-analysis of many surveys done over a 15-year period about American beliefs. And um, turns out, this, this survey of American beliefs um, showed that Americans, at a rate of, of, of between 48 and, and 51%, um, don't believe in evolution, um, which is like half. <laughs> and on top of that 50-odd percent, a further 38 to 40 percent of Americans believe that biological evolution has occurred, but believe that it was initiated by and has since been kind of administered by um, God. God. <laughs> Leaving a very small percentage of Americans who are right. That's not my theory. Uh, but uh, I, I've done material about evolution before, and, and in Australia and in, in Britain, it, it barely raises an eyebrow. It's just worth a chuckle. But in America, it's quite contentious to do comedy about evolution, you know. It gets a gasp. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of doing material about fisting anywhere else, you know. It's, <laughs> it's quite confronting for them. I, I've been heckled by a man in the front row in New York, loudly defending his, his disbelief in evolution. I've been pulled aside in foyers by people defending their disbelief in evolution in the same term interestingly enough. It's the same, same defense that the intelligent design movement uses in the high courts of American states to try and sneak at pseudoscience into American high schools. And <laughs> that defense is always, but evolution is only a theory. Which, which is true. I mean, it is a theory, and it's good that they say that. I think it gives you hope, doesn't it? That, 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 that maybe they feel the same way about the theory of gravity. And they might just float the fuck away. End of line.